Hello, everyone. This is Smoke the Podcast, episode 12. So, um, today we have a very special episode. We're going to dedicate this uh, episode to our grandfather. Um, sadly, patriarch of our family passed away on April 21st, uh, Easter Sunday. So, everything uh, in this episode um, are things that he liked, and we're going to talk about pretty much the things that he liked to do and his influence on us and um, everything like that. So, um, to get us started, uh, we do have, uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to mix things up a little bit. We usually do the smoke first, but we're going to do the, uh, the drink. Yes. Um, we decided to go with, uh, <laughs> with some Yukon Jack, uh, Canadian liquor. I'm um, nervous. The funny thing is, is Ryan has never had the privilege of drinking Yukon Jack. Um, Grandpa never made me drink <laughs> Yukon Jack. Let's just put it that way. Um, so those of you know, Ryan and I are cousins. We have the same grandfather, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but we grew up different. Yes. Um, you know, so... Uh, I've had some different experiences, um, you know, so one of the things that uh, my grandfather liked to do, um, he started the uh, the mammoth trip mm -hmm. um, with my dad and uh, some cousins and uncles, and uh, we still do this every year, um, and that was kind of, the Yukon Jack has always been kind of the... Uh, the 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 liquor there that they would they would drink um and uh, you might understand why once we read you some of the descriptions and stuff um so let's go ahead and pour it this is best with taking shots okay and um, i'm gonna let you pour it just it's the, your tradition <laughs> <laughs> and uh, traditionally okay uh you take a shot of yukon after you catch a fish okay so after yeah. after you guys reel in the fish see the reason why i never had this tradition was i was always too young to drink yes when a lot of these fishing trips were going on when when grandpa was in really really good health and could yeah. go for a week at a time um so i was too young to drink at this time so yeah the problem uh <laughs> is uh you know mammoth and the, the eastern sierras are pretty high altitudes so, yes uh grandpa once he got a certain age uh, wasn't able to go anymore yeah even though he was in in good health he just yeah. couldn't couldn't it's... yeah get up in the high altitude anymore so yeah it's just not uh not good but um yeah so are you ready for your first shot of Yukon Jack? I am. I feel bad that I haven't like caught a fish recently. <laughs> I've caught a lot of them over the years, but not one recently. Um, don't but feel that's bad. That's okay. That's okay. We're, just, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do this. All right. Cheers to Papa Teddy. Papa Teddy. Um, I, I'm really, really. I'm not even gonna smell it. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just doing this because it's a liqueur. It's not a uh, not a whiskey. Not a right. It's yeah. just. So let, let's just take the drink and then we'll go into the description about right, everything. Well, Cheers. So Ooh-wee. Oh. Oh, man. Oh. That oh. tastes like the Sierras right there. That is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Yukon Jack is... <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Yukon Jack is a liqueur. Not necessarily a whiskey. Um, Canadian liqueur. Uh, the description on the Yukon Jack bottle says... Yukon Jack is a taste born of stormy nights when lonely men struggle to keep their fires lit and cabins warm. Ugh. Boldly flavorful, would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Yet surprisingly smooth. Nope. Uh, there is no spirit like Yukon Jack. And that I is absolutely Definitely accurate. can uh, attest to that. <coughs> um, Yukon Jack is unique. 
That's uh, that's all I got to say. That was rough, man. Um, sweet and warms you up. That's what the uh, the purpose of Yukon is yes, to warm you up. My stomach is on fire right now. And Grandpa used to always say, you know, you need to, you need to if you need to be warmed up, just take a little shot of Yukon. That'd do it. And <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. Um, so some, some facts about Yukon Jack, 100 proof, 50% alcohol by volume, <sighs> approximately $25 for your standard 750 milliliter. Okay. Um, it's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, so they got some rough weather in Canada. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I can't really find much history about this. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, it, it's got history in our family. So, all right. You know, that's what that's what uh, the Sierra fishing trips taste like: right? <laughs> trout and uh, Yukon Jack. Okay. Um. So yeah, that that's uh. That's a rough one. That's a rough one. Yeah. Yeah, we thought I thought wild turkey was bad. Yukon <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack's not that bad. I like to describe it as uh, Southern comfort for men. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. It's got that sweetness. You know, to me it was the the viscosity of it. Like <laughs> it's just like it's like if you were to mix like uh like honey in and like fully like dilute it. So it's kind of like I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's definitely thicker than water, that's for sure. Um yeah, it's it kind of clings to your throat. It might be good uh, for for someone who's got like a sore throat, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's good for everything. It probably, yeah, it probably puts hair on your chest and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Yukon Jack is, uh, it's unique. Well, it's, it's the black sheep of liquor. <laughs> That's what, uh, the bottle says, so. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Okay, well, are you gonna pour yourself another and sip on it, or? Um, I will take another shot later. <laughs> I'm gonna let the burn go away yeah. a little bit <laughs> before I start. I don't know about sipping on this thing, um. Well, Do you, you have anything? Uh, you know, Grandpa Teddy was more of a... Uh, he, he, yes, he drank a Yukon Jack, apparently, uh, and Wild Turkey 101 on occasion, and um, I know he used to like Presidente brandy, uh-huh. but Grandpa was always a beer drinker, Yes, and uh, if he was drinking beer, it was usually Budweiser, and then Bud Light as he got older, and so um, I have a Bud Light here okay. in honor of Grandpa. Here we go. I'm not a beer drinker. Yeah. So, so that, that's I'll all do you, Ryan. I'll do, it, I'll do it for you. <laughs> now, I'm not a Bud Light drinker, but that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I'm a, I'm a Coors Light guy myself. but uh, Do you want to give some tasting notes? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> cheap beer. <laughs> Hoppy. <laughs> with water. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, I, I like Coors Light. With the taste of the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> but uh, you know, actually, it, there's a funny story that goes with this. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh-oh. All right. Um, so, so yeah. do you, do you want to tell us what we're smoking today? Yeah, absolutely. So what we are smoking today, um, today's cigar is actually not a cigar, but it's a pipe. Um, and inside that pipe, we're going to be smoking um, Mac Baron Cherry Ambrosia Tobacco. Um, now. We have a description here from pipesandcigars.com. Uh, Mac Baron Classic Cherry Ambrosia is a uh, sublime aromatic blend consisting of sweet Virginia, um, nutty burley, and velvety black uh, Cavendish. Uh, the mixture is enhanced by the addition of an exceptional cherry essence and a splash of tangy Jamaican rum. Um, cherry Ambrosia is a delightful departure from the typical cherry blend. 
Um, and so when we were talking about the Burley, uh, Cavendish, and Virginia, those are types of tobacco. Um, and so the style of it's aromatic. And then the actual cut, they call it a ribbon cut, the way that the, the tobacco is kind of like shredded and uh-huh. cut. Because um, they call it like loose leaf tobacco yeah. is what you're putting into the into the um, pipe itself. And then obviously the top flavor is, is cherry, um, but you're going to get a little bit of um, – some of the darker tobacco flavors as you go through. I, I like to equate this to like more of a mild body cigar at the initial taste and okay. then more of a medium finish. It's got like a medium or even full finish with pipes. They smoke very different from the cigars that uh-huh. we typically are used to smoking. And so um, that's where it gets a little little interesting. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton of experience with pipes. Um, but uh, the times I've smoked them, I've kind of enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so what's really cool about the pipes, uh, today, we, we pre-packed the pipes, um, with the tobacco before we, uh, started, cause if not, we'd be sitting here smashing, uh, tobacco into the, into the pipes. And, and the way that you pack a pipe is very important cause that's how you get your draw, um, how well the pipe stays lit and, uh-huh. and how often you're going to have to be puffing on it. Um, it's one of those things that can be super frustrating, um, when you're first getting into pipe smoking, but, uh. Papa Teddy gave me a really good piece of advice. I had gone to him and told him, man, I'm having such trouble smoking pipes. Um, I don't know what to do. And and, and uh, he goes, well, first off, it should never be trouble to sit down and smoke a pipe. <laughs> you know, that's that's rule number one. You're, you're already missing the point of sitting back and smoking a pipe. Um, and he goes, and secondly, it takes a lot more practice. It's not like a cigar where they're hand rolled and you kind of get the luck of the draw of whoever rolled the cigar. And usually they're pretty good because they've been doing it for so long. Yeah, know? I mean, uh, essentially it's um, on the roller if yeah. you have a good cigar or not. Yeah, yeah. And um, and like I said, these those are people that do that all day long every day for their job. I mean, that's just like what they do. And so to get into pipe smoking, you're packing your own pipe mm-hmm. with tobacco. And if you do it incorrectly, it's going to be too loose of a draw, too tight of a draw. You're going to have to constantly be working on it with a pipe tool. Um, and and tamping it down or, or uh, punching holes in it to give it a little more um, breath and um, it's something that we're both kind of learning together. Um, mm-hmm. Both Theodore and I are learning together. Um, yeah, sorry, something that our father um, grandfather taught us. Um, you know, from a from a really uh, young age um, of you know, kind of how to maintain and care for a pipe, or at least for me, I used to love and look at his pipes as a little kid and, oh, what are these? And, and you know, from the time I was really young, he taught us how to, how to, taught me how to care for them and everything. And then when I was of age to where I could smoke, then that was really cool because he gave me a couple of his pipes. Uh-huh. And then um, a few years later, as, as he got older and as I got older, then he gave me the rest of his collection. And so um, I have his collection of pipes. And it's funny because he was in the Navy and smoked pipes um, while on the ship yeah. in, in Korea and in Japan. He was in the Korean War, um, served in the Navy in the Korean War. And um, he would smoke on the ships when it was really, really cold uh, uh, in the late evenings when he would be on like guard duty on the ship and things like that. And then as he got older, um, he smoked a pipe um, oftentimes, you know, while uh, working at the golf course or driving a truck and things like that. Um, and then as he got a lot older, then he began to tell me, it was to him a pipe was more of an everyday thing. Um, and then as he got a lot older, he used to tell me that, okay, um, cigars are a little easier for me now because I can just <laughs> light them and go and do my thing. Um, and he goes, and I save pipes for special occasions. And so um, what's really cool is that we're able to commemorate our, um, our, our grandfather um, by smoking a pipe. And this is a very special occasion. Um, and, and Grandpa always said, you know, you have to smoke a pipe on a special occasion. And so it's really cool that we're going to be able to share this pipe uh, with the news that I'm an expectant father. Oh, my. 
<laughs> this is, really is news. <laughs> I haven't heard this yet. Yeah. And uh, oh, congratulations. So, thank you. My wife and I um, we're we're pregnant. We're expecting, and so um, this is a very appropriate time for us to sit down and and talk about Grandpa. I probably shouldn't have bought you wine. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll have it in. Uh, after a certain <laughs> certain amount of time. Um, and no lie, this is huge news because I have not heard this at all. This is the first I've heard of this. <laughs> and I wanted your reaction uh, <laughs> live on the air, man. That's why well, I planned it this way and, uh, and everything. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll talk about this more after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Uh, now, you, now that I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. To move on with the podcast, yeah. <laughs> just to let everybody know, yes. we are smoking a pipe, so you may hear us trying to light the pipe. <laughs> and relight. And relight the and pipe. And light again. <laughs> uh, we are outdoors with the new setup, so we have not uh, done this yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and light yours up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like I said, any feedbacks uh, appreciated. You might hear some crickets out here or, you know, uh, some cars passing by or whatever. You know, we do this outdoors um, because we are smoking. And, you know, no smoking in the house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Uh, but, yeah, that, that is some crazy news. Yeah. And uh, Ryan really likes to mess with me and drop stuff like that without telling me <laughs> <laughs> ahead of time. Oh, man, that's crazy. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of it. I definitely got a kick out of it. Um, <laughs> and I thought it would be very appropriate. It, it, it is appropriate because I think uh, Papa Teddy would think that that was hilarious that you pulled out <laughs> on me. <laughs> Um, it's funny because I think one of uh, our grandfather's favorite uh, things was to hear our banter back and forth. Uh, he used to like uh, when both of us would go to his house and we used to make fun of each other and argue and argue and do all that stuff. Um, he always thought it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, we would sit at the table for hours and uh, you know just talk a little smack back and forth. And he would always join in because that's just the way he is. Yeah, too. that's how he was. Uh, we definitely got our sense of humor from from him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, while you light up, I'll share a story um, about Grandpa in concerns to the Bud Light um, that I'm drinking. So the reason why I chose to have a Bud Light tonight um, is because <clears throat> uh, it was about, I would say, uh, two, three months before I got married. They were having the, the bridal shower for my wife at, at, at the house and everything, and um, obviously it was all girls, and so um, Grandpa had nowhere to go. Uh, he didn't want to stay at home all day and... and at the house and wait for grandma to come back, but he also didn't want to be around a bunch of ladies. And so we went out to eat and actually what we did was we went to Bass Pro Shop and we walked around and, and looked at the fish and fishing gear and, and hunting gear and everything and, and just went through um, all the aisles and just had a really fun time um, in there hanging out. And then we stopped for uh, lunch at this little restaurant and we sat down and uh, and you know we ordered food and everything. And Grandpa said, "Do you know? Do you do you want a beer?" And I said, "Oh, I'm I'm good." And he goes, "You know what?" He tells the the waitress, um, "Bring us two Bud Lights." And so she brings over two Bud Lights to the table. And and for those of you that don't know, um, my father doesn't doesn't drink. And uh, so it was one of those things where growing up, like I didn't really drink or didn't have any you know really interest in in having a drink until I was. A, a little bit older and obviously over 21 and everything but um 
it was really cool um, because Grandpa sat down and said, you know, I know that your dad doesn't drink, and he goes, I feel like every young man should have a have a beer with their dad at some point and, and talk about life and everything. And he goes, so um, I'm going to do this for you and for your dad because I know that, you know, asking him to drink would be to, you know, kind of like compromise his morals and stuff, which I thought was really admirable of both grandpa and my dad you know uh-huh. and and that was you know just awesome um that he was able to partake in something that maybe you know um my dad might not have wanted to and so we had a had a beer together and he shared a lot of thoughts about being married and and you know just that how how life goes and yeah <laughs> you know all the things that are going to come up once you get married and everything you're going to experience and um, we just we talked about life that that whole meal and yeah. uh, that was really really cool. Yeah, there's there's a uh, something to say. There, you know, I'm, I'm not a very. It, it's going to be funny having somebody that uh, that hosts a podcast, but I'm not a very talkative person. But um, man, uh, Papa Teddy was always super easy to talk to. Um, pretty much about everything. Um, you know, our our biggest conversations were usually in the car. Um, cause we, you know, took a couple trips to the Sierras together and, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. You talk about life, talk about your thoughts and opinions. Um, and it, it's just, it's weird to, to have somebody that, uh, doesn't, you, you never feel like, like you were judged or, or anything. You just, you know, kind of, yeah. uh, he took you serious yeah. as a person, Yeah. you know, and that's, that's one thing when you're, when you're really young and you have grandparents um, it's, it's almost, it's a way different relationship than when you're older. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of like the sad thing is you kind of wish you would have your grandparents longer as an adult, uh, because it's those conversations that are just, uh, uh, you know, that's what life's about, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. It's crazy too, as you, as you get older and the more conversations you have with your grandparents and with your parents, I, I constantly hear my parents' voice in my, in my head as I go to do things. And I uh-huh. think to myself, like, oh yeah, like dad would love this or mom would love this or grandpa would love this, you know, those sorts of things. And, and, um, just the advice that you've gotten over the years, whether that be like, you know, how to work on something around the house or, or, you know, how to cook something or how to do something, you know, there's just so many like little life lessons that you don't think about until you're right in the middle of it and have to go do, do one of those things. And you remember, oh yeah, I remember this one time when I, you know, help, help grandpa fix this or help my dad fix that. You know what I mean? Or, or he helped <laughs> more likely they were helping me fix something, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, that's, it's, it's kind of cool. I, you know, the conversations that, that Papa Teddy had, cause I, I would consider him somewhat of a quiet man. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, unless you got talking to him about something really, really. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was talkative. Um, he was talkative. And I think what you mean by by quiet is he wasn't like loud, yeah. Kind of like life of the party kind of guy, um, but he would sit and have conversations. Um, the funny thing is, is I took a couple of trips uh, to the Sierras with just me and my grandfather, where we uh, kind of went up, um, stayed overnight, came back, just the two of us. Um, <laughs> and man, uh, he, he would get talking to some people, and you know uh, we were up. Onion Valley one time, and he was just going to ask uh, one of the rangers for directions to this fishing spot he heard about, and we were going to go check it out. And it turns out that uh, this person um, grew up in a town next to where my grandfather 
uh, went to high school, and man, they just were talking for you know for almost an hour. <laughs> and uh, I sat there and looked for bighorn sheep on the mountain with some binoculars, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the way he was. Once you got him, him talking, uh, and I think everybody felt he's just so easy to talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, they just felt comfortable. He was just awesome person. You know. Yeah. And he really he thought a lot about what he said before yeah. he spoke. Yeah. So. Um, you know, when you say quiet, I, I, I never really thought of it that way until you said that, where it's like, you know, he wasn't loud, brash, in your face, uh, loud. He was reserved, but when he started a conversation with you, um, it was it was very easy to carry on with it. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason why I, I, I kind of picture him that way as well is because he, uh, he, like, genuinely was interested in what you had to say mm-hmm. and, like, genu- genuinely wanted to hear your response and, yeah. and wanted – he wasn't one of those guys that – and I'm kind of this way where you, <laughs> you like, dominate the conversation. You yeah, you're thinking about lot, what you're going to say next. Yeah, and um, whereas he would take a moment and really just hear you, listen to what you were saying, and his next comment had usually directly to do with whatever you had just said. It wasn't like, oh, and, by the way, you know what I mean? It was always – Wow, that's super interesting. You know, like this, this relates to that, or you know, he just—you could tell—he really cared about the subjects that he talked about. You know, when he when he did have those conversations where they carried on for a while. Yeah, it, it was always fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What? Do you have any uh, any any good stories you want to share? Or yeah, I mean, and we got a couple written down. We're gonna try to not go too much on a script, yeah, we're just, you know. we're just trying to <laughs> talk through everything. It's, it's kind of cool, actually. Um, but, I, you know, um, I've always, my big connection to, to Papa Teddy, obviously, was hunting and fishing, but more than that was his time in the Navy, which I have always been somewhat of a, like, a history buff. I love learning about, um, you know, all the foreign wars that we've been in and, and U.S. history to me is just like so exciting and so interesting. And, um, I love learning about those subjects. And so when I was young, I, you know, I think I was telling him something about World War II or something like that. And he goes, well, have you ever heard of the Korean War? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, like no one talks about the Korean War mm-hmm. really. And that's why they call it the Forgotten War. Um, and it's funny cause you know, he had mentioned, oh, well, I was in the Korean War. And immediately, all of a sudden, the war that, you know, no one wants to talk about or no one always, you know, everyone tends to forget about it, all of a sudden became, like, the most interesting thing to me in that moment. Like, yeah. I just want to know all about it. Well, I was in the Navy, and I was on this ship, and it was, uh, you know, we looked for explosive ordinances, and, and then we also transported, you know, troops here and there and supplies and, and this and that. And, you know, I'm, like, sitting there as a kid going, oh, my gosh, like, this is so cool. And... You know, he carried a lot of the guns um, on the ship, like during guard duty and in basic training that they, you know, back when the Navy was still allowed to fire guns during yeah. basic training. <laughs> um, you know, he, he utilized a lot of the weapons that, like, I just, I'd played with in video games and thought were, like, so cool. And he was able to tell me firsthand about, you know, the M1 Grand and the, the Thompson submachine gun and the Colt 45 and, you know, guns that in my, like, wildest dreams I would have ever, you know, imagined handling and stuff like that. And... So we used to talk about that a lot. In fact, to the point where um, I, you know, I just I used to call him every Veterans Day and thank him, and um, he gave me all of his his Navy gear. Um, uh, actually, when I was probably about 14 or so, he gave me all of his uniforms. And um, at the time, I they were way too big for me, but now I, I fit into them pretty good. <laughs> um, so I have his Navy pea coat, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of his the medals and stuff that he earned overseas, and. 
Um, so it was really cool. And, and in fact, his time in the Navy not only influenced, A, the fact that I smoke a pipe now um, because of him, um, but also some of the things that I've done while traveling. Um, you know, and I, I know we've probably joked about this a little bit here and there on the podcast, but I travel a lot. My wife and I travel all over the place. And uh, most recently, we went to Japan. And um, that was one of the places that, you know, to me had a lot of sentimental value towards Papa Teddy because you always used to talk about seeing Mount Fuji. Yes, uh, the, and uh, I've heard this story Yokohama plenty of Harbor times. and Yakuza, and, and he always used to say, have you ever seen that movie, The Last Samurai, <laughs> uh, the one with Tom Cruise in it? And i actually he, seen know. that movie with him. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with him as well, which is funny that he always used to start it out by, have you ever seen it? Even yeah. though we sat together and like watched it together, but you know that's just how he was. And, uh, and he goes, you know that scene when they come into the harbor and you see Mount Fuji in the background and it's as clear as day? And... Yeah, he goes, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> and he was not lying. I mean, you get out there and you see it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is like, it's surreal. Like yeah. being there and knowing like Papa Teddy was in, in the waters just off the coast here and, uh-huh. you know, come ashore. And he was really interested in, um, you know, how that trip went and, and, and just traveling all over Japan. And then um, the, other, <laughs> the other big tri- trip that he had a lot of influence over uh, was Italy. And there's some ongoing Italian jokes um, in our family about the fact that, um, I'm the only one that got grandpa's like 20%, uh, <laughs> Mediterranean DNA. Um, so I have all of it. So I have a hundred percent Italian DNA. Um, no, but he, uh, he loved Italian food and yes. he loved wine. Yes. Um, and, uh, and his, his dad loved wine too. His from what dad I <laughs> loved wine a lot too. And so when we went to Italy, he encouraged, uh, m- my wife and I to try every bottle of wine uh, that that we could try and, and go into every restaurant and just sit and sip and enjoy. And, and he really, really, above all else, wanted us to bring him back a, a bottle of authentic Italian wine. And I go, well, what kind? There's like hundreds of kinds. There's all different types. Like, <laughs> uh, it didn't he goes, matter. it didn't matter as long as it was good red Italian wine. And I go, okay, that's like a tall order. Um, so we found some wine, and, and uh, this was... Uh, about six months ago, maybe. A little more than six months ago. Yeah, a little bit um, more. And, and we came back, and I had the bottle of wine. And, and um, at that time, Pop Teddy, his health was not good. Um, so he couldn't drink a whole lot, but he could have a glass mm-hmm. of wine with us. And we, um, we had wine and, and uh, all sat around and, and tried it. And he is said that, is it that was... the, uh, that's the famous uh, selfie that I took? Yes, the famous <laughs> selfie that you took with all of us, yes. And, and we're all... We're all uh, sitting there sipping on wine, and uh, Grandpa said it was the, the best wine he had ever had. Uh, <laughs> also, um, I, he asked me to look out, be on the lookout for a pipe, not for him, but for myself, because he said, you're going to want a good Italian pipe, handcrafted. So I found one in Venice that was handcrafted and um, just a beautiful, beautiful wood pipe. And I brought it back to Grandpa, and he could not have been more excited. Just like, oh, you got it. Oh, now you're gonna have to smoke it and season it and everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like it was. He was almost. He was more excited that I got this pipe for me than 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 if he had gotten one for himself. Yeah, and then you, you know, know the thing is, is uh, when you travel, and you know when he traveled, he knows uh, he knows what it's like to get something, and he's just ex- excited for his grandson to have that experience. Um, you know, for me growing up, um, we, we didn't talk much about the military. Um, I had, uh, both of my grandfathers actually served in Korea. Um, and I always thought it was, 
different because my other grandfather uh, served in the Marine Corps. Um, and coming from someone that served in the Marine Corps, uh, my Papa Teddy served in the Navy. Uh, the Marine Corps is a little more in your face <laughs> when it comes to uh, their service. And, you know, my my other grandfather he, was really big, and we talked about the military a lot. I didn't get to talk to my Papa Teddy too much about the military when I was younger. But as he got older, uh, we had some conversations about it. He taught, you know, told me a lot about his job, right? Uh, you know, what he went to school for in there, and um, just a lot of stuff, and, you know, a lot of the same stories that, that Ryan has. Uh, but growing up, uh, one of my earliest uh, memory or you know, memories that would pertain to the podcast is uh, the pellet gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was always cool to go to his house because he had a pellet gun. Yep. And uh, they had a huge piece of property, and we would go uh, back and shoot. And that was my first introduction to gun safety. Um, yeah. And he was strict, and he had a <laughs> he had a a, a rocking chair. Um, that was right next to the sliding glass door, uh, where we would uh, kind of shoot from there out towards the uh, towards the property. Yeah. Um, and he was always right there, and you know you could not mess around with that thing. <laughs> there was absolutely no pointing it at, at anything that you didn't intend to destroy. Um, you know, it, it, the same rules apply to like a, to a real yes. uh, live round. <laughs> I laugh because I've experienced the same thing. <laughs> and I always remember him saying, you know, if you break any of the rules, he would hold his hand out and say, and just show you his hand. Like, all right, you know, you're going to get slapped across the face. <laughs> and uh, that was always super intimidating because yeah. you when you talk about someone who's so nice all the time, to see them get that serious about, uh, about a subject, you really, really respected it. Like, okay. He means business because he's usually not like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, growing up, I uh, hear some stories from my dad. Uh, one in particular that he uh, told me a couple times um, is uh, when my dad was younger, uh, my Papa Teddy's uh, parents used to live up, uh, up north in a small town, and my dad used to stay with them for the summer. And uh, my dad was shooting a BB gun. Um, at some spent shotgun shells that he had. And uh, he had them all lined up, you know, like a little kid would do. I don't know how old he was, maybe like 10 or 11. Yeah. And uh, my grandpa and his dad were walking uh, actually behind my dad, and my dad shot one of the uh, shotgun shells and the BB ricocheted and flew back and hit uh, either my grandpa or his dad, one of them. And uh, my dad goes, man, I got a whooping for that. <laughs> and he's like... He always laughs and he goes, but it wasn't my fault, <laughs> you know, but you know, it was just the, it's just the way it is. You know, you always have to be aware of your surroundings right. and, and, uh, those, that's just something that he didn't take lightly, yeah. you know, being careless with a firearm is something that was not taken lightly. Well, on that note, we, uh, we were at, uh, w one of the homes that he owned out in the high desert and, uh, it was this, uh, smaller house. He had like kind of a ranch for a little while yeah. and, um, just a regular, regular house. Um. And, uh, and we, we, we got out there and I, I think it was, uh, I don't know. I was probably same, probably about 14, 15 years old. And I was out there with a couple of our cousins and I had brought, um, a bunch of airsoft guns, which at the time were, were wildly popular. Um, and everyone was, was playing airsoft. And I mean, we had all the gear, the protective eyewear and yeah. everything else. And, uh, grandpa just like could not get over the fact that we were pointing guns and shooting 
like pointing airsoft guns at each other and shooting at each other. Like he just, he did not like that. Like he didn't want, you know, any of the younger kids, younger cousins to be out there. Um, my younger siblings, he's like, you know, make sure they're inside and, you know, blah, 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 and just, I just remember him like not being too happy about it. Um, and we were, we were just having a fun time and, and, you know, airsoft guns are, as long as you're wearing the, the safety, the eye, the, you know, the eyewear and everything, you're, you're fine. They're, you know, it's not, <laughs> they're little plastic BBs and everything, but he just did not like the idea of us pointing essentially firearms at one another, you uh-huh. know, and that, that's how he viewed it was, yes, they're BB guns essentially. And they're pointing them at one another and they're shooting each other, <laughs> like even worse, <laughs> you know, it was, I just remember him not being too happy about it. And I remember taking him aside and showing him, cause I had some, um, oh, you know, airsoft guns are always modeled after old school military firearms yeah. usually. So I think I had a Thompson submachine gun, airsoft gun at the time I had an M1, um, Garand uh, airsoft gun, and I had, um, I think, a, a Vietnam-era M16, and, you know, just some cool ones. And, and after I kind of showed them to him, and he looked at it, he's like, oh, these are actually pretty, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> they were learning how to operate these, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, it was kind of a cool learning experience, but I think at the same time, we almost gave him a little bit of a heart attack. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like these kids are shooting each other. I wasn't a part of that, so you yeah, you weren't there that trip. You weren't there. I I would name names. Um, one of them happens to live in Arizona now, so okay. <laughs> Does he listen to this podcast? He might. Possibly. Yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away or anything, you know. Um. So you know, and uh, even nowadays, you'd see his influence. Uh, most of our gun collection well i shouldn't say most but a lot of our gun collection is uh uh been passed on from him yeah um i know i've mentioned this on the podcast before but my hunting shotgun for birds is uh is a 20 gauge that papa teddy gave me um uh, one of my biggest regrets in life um is not getting into hunting at a younger age uh because that's something that i never experienced with him um and just to see his level of excitement that we were getting into it. Um, you know, I mean, I wish Ryan's dad would have retired sooner and gotten into hunting. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, because he, he basically sparked the, the fire uh, for hunting for us uh, recently. Um, and, uh, you know, Papa Teddy was, was way into it uh, when he was younger. Um, and, I, you know, just when, whenever we tell him about it, even if we didn't catch anything, it wasn't it was you know it wasn't really about uh us killing anything or bringing home the the meat he just uh liked to hear about the adventure he liked yeah. to hear where you went yeah uh what you saw you know um he really understood it in fact he almost liked it better when we got skunked yeah cuz he thought it was funny yeah he thought it was hilarious <laughs> that we went out there and trekked all over the hills to get nothing um you know i will say this that that pop teddy's excitement and the level of enthusiasm he had towards us going out and hunting and fishing and just it, just being outdoors in general yeah. i feel like he is he absolutely 100 percent passed that on to my dad yes and i think that that is one of the things that i love about my dad um there's there's a million things that i love about my dad yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> a billion things that i love about my dad um but it's one of those things where I see so much of Papa Teddy's enthusiasm um, for hunting, for fishing, for the outdoors, for being in the wilderness, um, for being just a true outdoorsman in my father. 
and he has definitely carried on Papa's legacy in that. Yeah. And that's something that's really awesome that I feel like if I'm hunting with my dad, it's like I'm hunting with Papa Teddy as well, you know? Because yeah. he carries that spirit with him everywhere he goes, you know? Yeah, and hopefully uh, my dad will uh, want to go out hunting with us too. <laughs> we need to get him out there. We, You know, we need to get him one of those Riker grips for his shotgun. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, get that bad shoulder. But, um, but yeah, so... You know, that, and I have a number of other uh, uh, guns that aren't necessarily passed down to me, but to my dad, um, you know, that are in the safe. And to mine as well. Yeah. family guns Yeah, now. they are pretty much uh, <laughs> family heirlooms. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the guns we have uh, is a twenty two uh, caliber revolver. Um, the cool thing about that gun, um, I went and shot it when he, uh, my grandpa gave it to my dad, and he gave it to him probably less than two years ago, so oh, it's wow. fairly recent. Um, I believe it was in your dad's safe for a while, um, and uh, so that twenty two revolver uh, is pretty cool because it shoots a twenty two long rifle and twenty two magnum. Uh, so when when I when I got that when my dad got that gun the first thing I did was took it to the range and bought 22 Magnum because I was like <laughs> I got to see what a 22 Magnum feels like. <laughs> it, I'm gonna guess it feels very little uh, very little different. <laughs> it feels like a 22 on steroids. It's pretty awesome actually. Um, uh, but the funny thing is is that particular gun has a very awesome story uh, where uh, my Papa Teddy was was out on a hunting trip um, with his brother-in-law. And a few of his family members, and um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think it was like in Colorado or something. And uh, my grandpa tells one of the guys, um, "Watch me! I'm gonna shoot this rabbit, uh, rabbit in the eye." Uh, and and uh, the guy started laughing and said, "If you do that, I'll skin it and we'll have it for breakfast." <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> Papa Teddy put the uh, took that 22 revolver out and. According to him and other witnesses, yes. <laughs> because me, I have to. I have to have more than just one. <laughs> well, and our one, family has a uh, history of embellishing yes. stories. Uh, shot that rabbit right in the eye with yes. a twenty-two. Yep. Um, Pistol. Yep. Twenty-two revolver. A revolver. Yeah. And um, then uh, the guy was true to his word. He went and got it and skinned it, and they had it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit and eggs. <laughs> um. So yeah, you know, little things like that uh, are are really awesome because uh, you know when you hold that thing, you you know that it it's uh, it's been places, you know, mm-hmm. it's been with him, you know, it's it's a piece it's a piece of our family. You well, know, I know I've already talked about this on previous episodes, but my dove rig, my upland game rig, is literally a like all of uh, Papa Teddy's web gear. Yeah, his military web gear that that he had had. And uh, there's there's blood on it from uh, I forgot where it was that he said he he took the took a deer or something like that and he goes and then I you know I w- was cleaning it and and dressing it and then he goes for whatever I set my belt down and he goes yeah I got blood all over it and this and that and he was kind of upset about it and I was like sitting there going no that's awesome now you know like that's from the deer that you killed up up north you know or whatever <laughs> it is, you know like and. So to me, I, I carry that with me, um, and my whole my whole dove rig is on it. I've gotten dove blood on it since then, and uh-huh. uh, and it's just one of those things where it's it's just so cool all the history that's in that all that gear. Yeah, and and even even the new stuff that I've bought, um, that was kind of one of the first stops. Uh, you wait your your thirty days for your droves. 
or 10 days, sorry. Yeah. Not 30 days. Uh, you wait your 10 days for your droves, go pick it up, and we'd go, I'd stop by Papa we, Teddy's yeah. house and, and show him uh, a new purchase. And he, he, he was never, he was always a revolver and shotgun guy. Um, he wasn't uh, really a, a semi-auto uh, kind of person. The only semi, semi-auto that, that at least that I took over there and showed him that he was like, that's a beautiful gun, was the Milspec 1911. Yeah, because he was like, "That is, that's classic, and that's awesome." Um, because he's he's old school. He doesn't understand new technologies that you know, a um, more sophisticated 1911 would have. But uh, he liked mine too. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I know he was a lot more excited about my 44 Magnum though, and I was like very excited about that one too. And I took it in there, and he was like, "This one's the best one you own," and I'm yeah. like. Yeah, but my 1911 though. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> uh, uh, it was always funny to watch to see his reaction when you when you showed him like a, an a- AR, AR. <laughs> and he's just looked at that thing like, "Why do you need that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that for?" Um, and then you'd explain to him like personal defense, or I'd tell him home defense, personal defense, national defense. I'd give him all my reasoning, and and he'd sit there and he'd go, oh, "Okay, I understand," but. To him, he'd probably much rather have an M1 Grand or not his cup of tea <laughs> or, or a trench gun. Actually, I'll tell you what his what my the favorite gun that I bought myself that I owned that I know was his favorite was my uh, Henry oh, my Henry yeah. 357 yeah. Uh, uh, lever action rifle. Yeah, um, he loved that gun when I took it over <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, absolutely loved it. Same with my little 44 lever too. Yeah, he, he, that, he, and that, but that was who he was. He yes. liked lever guns and revolvers. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a cowboy. That's. You know that's uh, that's who he is. He wore well, a cowboy hat and cowboy boots I and loved him, cowboy guns. Uh, what was it? I told him a, a while before I had started building my AR that oh yeah I'm gonna be building an AR and he goes you're gonna build one of those guns too. <laughs> <laughs> and I go yeah you know I'm really excited. He goes well if you're so worried about shooting that much like why not get a lever action? They're fast and I'm thinking like <laughs> yes they are fast for you know the 1800s yeah, but cow- cowboy assault rifle <laughs> cowboy assault rifle but man th- just the way his eyes would light up when you'd bring like a old an old firearm in, in anywhere in his presence and it's just like and I think that's where I've got the the love for cuz I have a bunch of uh, World War 2 era bolt action rifles oh, yeah. that he just thought were like really cool. Yeah. And um and so you know as much as we always talk about how much we love our ARs and our our 1911s and and Springfields and things like that at the end of the day I have such a huge soft spot in my heart for old shotguns, old old bolt action rifles. And the reason why I have a big thing for bolt action rifles is because he gave me uh Remington 700 270, so a deer, a deer hunting rifle. Beautiful um, gun. Beautiful gun. Um, a bolt action rifle for my my high school graduation. Yeah. And from that moment on, I've been like the biggest like bolt action rifle fan. Yeah, I bolt action rifles are awesome. I've got I don't know yeah. I've got more bolt action rifles than I have anything else. So. Um, yeah, and and funny. I think that's uh, also uh, one of the reasons I'm 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 a total lever action guy. Um, I've always liked them. Uh, I think it goes back to when I was younger. I had a toy lever action uh, that I thought was so cool. Um, it was a little, a little pop, a little snap gun, or whatever you mm-hmm. call those things. Um, and so, you know, I have a couple of them. Um, but yeah, it it just it reminds me of him. Yeah. Uh, because you know, it's just it's a cowboy thing, you know. Right. And it just reminds me of. It, it kind of like embodies the person, you know. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, that I'm not as I'm not as huge of a, uh, as big of a fan as revolvers, 
Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I love side by side shotguns. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those are super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad has an over under that I really like. Uh, but side by sides just just are more cowboy to me. My I think my dad has two two or three side by sides, which are both like super cool, super cool shotguns. Um, but yeah. yeah, he liked um, you know the uh, uh, pump shotguns too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know anything anything semi-auto. Um, I don't know if it's the old school mentality of uh, you just think more things would, can go wrong with them, yeah, um, or what. But it and and a lot of it too is is you get used to running a certain gun, um, and he he you know he ran revolvers his whole life, yeah. So he knew them inside and out, yeah. Um, it's almost like a completely different skill set to run a semi-automatic. You know, what right. do you do with the jams? What do you you know? Yeah, things like that. Um, and it's just you know not something that he really yeah uh, did too much. So yeah. Well, it's funny. I know I told him, you know, I'll carry my 1911 as a uh, personal defense weapon um, when I'm out hunting, you know, against bobcats, mountain lions, bears, whatever, you know, because we're always in areas where there's a lot of predators. Um, And he always used to tell me, he goes, I don't know why you want to carry that gun. He goes, I don't know why you ever want to carry that gun. He goes, what you should be carrying is a big 44 Magnum revolver because that'll stop anything. And I'm like, yeah, but like, yes, it will. But the 45 will do the same thing, you know. But for him, it was just, that was like that, like to him, a, a big 357 or 44 Magnum revolver, like would stop anything in the world. Yeah. Like you could shoot through you know, three houses in a refrigerator and kill the bad guy in, in your like neighbor's house, you know. Yeah. And, um, I love that. That was, I always thought that was so funny. So when I got my 44, it meant, you know, like the world to me. And I remember taking it over to him and he just like loved that thing. He goes, this is probably one of the best guns you own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad has a 357 Magnum revolver too. And he always liked that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a, you know, that's just who he was. You yeah. Know? It's, that's, yeah. that's the, the, ty- the kind of guns. Um, you know, uh, I want I want to tell an, another quick, uh, hunting story. And this one, uh, my dad just told me the other day, and um, I know I had heard it, uh, but not not recently. <laughs> um, and so, you know, my dad, I asked my dad, I told him we're going to do a podcast um, talking about Papa Teddy and, you know, if he wanted to share any stories. And he's like, well, w- well, you know, I got tons of stories, you know. <laughs> so I go, you got any hunting stories? And he goes, oh, yeah. I mean, no hesitation. This story just like flowed out of him. There was not a, let me think about it. No, it was like, so, you know, I'm like 11 years old and your Papa Teddy uh, takes me hunting uh, at this pond to go duck hunting. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a pond that he discovered because uh, he truck, was a truck driver back then. Um, and, you know, he, he's the type of person, you know, if he wanted to stop somewhere, check something out, he eventually would stop there and check something out. Yeah. Um, so... He goes out there with my dad and uh, I think another friend or somebody or a family member. And uh, they get out there and there are ducks everywhere. It's all quiet. And for whatever reason, just before dawn, uh, something spooks all the ducks. And, uh, you know, my dad said he even went to, like, pull up and he, no, 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 don't shoot. Uh, it's too early. Can't shoot yet. You yeah. know, he doesn't want to be illegal. And that. It's a testament to uh, Hunter's ethics that we uh, practice now. Yeah. Um, he goes, there'll be plenty of ducks to shoot all day. And so, you know, my dad's out there. He's freezing. He didn't bring any gloves. And, uh, you know, my grandpa's all warm. He's got his gloves. And, uh, you know, uh, 
he was uh, he was pretty tough, you know, on on his sons, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, so um, the funny thing is, is that there was never any ducks for the rest of the day. Oh, that no, was they it. got skunked. They got skunked. <laughs> they never seen another duck the rest of the day. Oh man! <laughs> my dad always laughs because it's like, man, you know, the opportunity was there. There are ducks <laughs> everywhere, and then just something spooked them, and then. Nope, nothing. So <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was the 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 one that comes to his mind. He said because it was so cold, and they battled so many elements, and they didn't get anything in the in the end. So yeah, well, so so I uh, I don't know how many years ago it was now. Um, a few years back, uh, Papa Teddy kept telling us how he wanted to go up to the Sierras, and so uh, my dad and I planned. I think it was like a three night trip um, or two nights or something like that but we went up to uh and stayed in, uh went up to big pine and stayed in big pine and there's legitimately like one motel in all of big pine yeah um and so we got and i a, stayed at that motel with him before yeah okay so we stayed there and um you know we just we were going around fishing and doing everything else and um you know at that time uh papa teddy was was uh kind of able to to just sit on on the shore of like a stream or a lake and just fish and we were just having the best time driving all over. My dad was driving us through all. I mean, and you've been with my dad. He's taken us down some crazy yeah four wheel drive trails. Yeah, Ryan's and, dad is um, fearless when it comes to driving. You know, and he got that from Papa Teddy, I'm sure. Because um, they and the, and I'm sitting back there in the back seat, just like freaking out because we're going over things, and and my dad and Papa Teddy are just sitting up there like. Oh yeah, yeah, I came yeah, around chatting. here this other time, and I'm sitting there going like, "We're probably not going to make it back. Like, I don't even know where we are. Like, you know." But it was crazy. Papa Teddy knew every single spot where we were at. Like, even when we were nowhere near the highway, he yeah. knew like where we were at. I, you know, and I have a, I feel like I have a really good sense of direction. And there were a few moments where I was like, "Okay, I know we came from this way, but you know, I know the highway is to my left, but I don't know how far, and I don't know how to get back." And at no time did they ever like hesitate and they're just driving all over well we wanted to get out and and fish the owens river and so we we pull down to the spot and everything and um we're, you know we're sitting in there and everything and uh, uh in the truck getting ready to get out and and i you know we're looking out and i'm like yeah it looks like a good spot i think we can get down there we open the door i i don't even know that i stepped all the way out but i did put a foot on the ground and i think my dad might have stepped out or or maybe the same thing um and Papa Teddy opened the door, and we just got swarmed with, like, a million mosquitoes. Like, it was so <laughs> thick, like, you were almost breathing them in. We're like, oh, get back in the truck and slam in the door. But it was too late. There were already, like, a couple hundred. It felt like a couple hundred mosquitoes uh -huh. in the truck, and they were biting us, and Papa Teddy slapping himself, and, <laughs> you know, we're smacking mosquitoes, and they were buzzing all over, and we just hauled out of there, and, and you know, we were trying to get them out of the truck. I mean, we were just dealing with mosquitoes in the truck for, like, ah, oh, what seemed like forever. Papa Teddy just was laughing. We were having like the great. He's having like the greatest time. I'm sitting back there complaining, like, "Oh man, I'm getting bit. And I'm all itchy and everything." Papa Teddy just thought it was just so funny, and um, and that was just how he was. When we, <laughs> so then we get back, right? And there's that little restaurant right there in in, um, in Big Pond. It's just like Country this, Kitchen. Yeah, I think it was yeah, the, country kitchen, the Country yeah. Kitchen. Yeah, and um, Papa I, Teddy I, goes. I sat there as he had a conversation with the waitress for. <laughs> 45 that minutes. That sounds about right, yeah. So we get in there, and Papa Teddy goes, man, I'm starving. I'm just so hungry. 
And so we're like, yeah, let's go eat. You know, my dad and I order big like burgers and everything. And we're starting to chow down, you know, and Papa Teddy orders. And I, I don't know why I remember this, but it was just maybe such a unique order. He orders a sliced tomato and some cottage cheese. <laughs> and that was his dinner for the night. He was so hungry. He was hungrier than he'd ever been. And he orders a sliced tomato and cottage cheese. You know, that's funny because... Um, <laughs> Uh, when <laughs> I, I remember going to breakfast with him a couple of times and, and he would order like eggs and sliced tomatoes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is my grandmother, uh, is a ridiculously good cook. Um, and, uh, she doesn't cook a lot of healthy stuff. I mean, you know, she's, uh, old school Mexican style, uh, yeah. uh, food. Uh, but my grandpa always ate somewhat healthy. Um, you know, he'd always opt for sliced tomatoes as opposed to hash browns for breakfast, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I, that doesn't surprise me with that order. I've never heard that story. And, uh, <laughs> that makes me laugh because, because <laughs> that's like something he yeah, would order. Yeah. There, there's no exaggeration. Well, I just that thought I it was 100%. hilarious that he was starving and that was like what he got, you know, we're digging into these like half pound, you know, black Angus burgers with fries. And I was like ready to get a milkshake. And I was like, Oh, I died. Like, I'm not even like, cause we had gone all over the place, you know? Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it was cool, uh, going on to the Sierras with him because, um, you know, I, I know when he was younger, he was a little more competitive and, uh, you know, like to catch the biggest fish and most fish. And, and, um, I see that a lot in my dad when we go fishing, mm -hmm. uh, maybe as he's getting <laughs> older, he's not my, my dad, he's not so much, uh, like that, you know, um, but a lot, you know, my brother's the same way, you know, I want to catch some big fish, I want to go catch some fish, like, that's, <laughs> you, you know, the thing, and, and the times that I went with my grandpa, it was always about the adventure, yeah. you know, we, we found a lot of spots, um, probably the spots that you guys went, uh, yeah. you know. In and, fact, he kept saying, Teddy and I went here yeah. as we, yeah. And so, the funny thing is, is, uh, we went up a couple times, and it was always like, you know, I've never been down this road, and I was driving, so I would just slow down turn and we go up the road <laughs> yeah. and if we found something we found something if not we didn't and a lot of times we found fishing spots where we would sit there and go man this is an awesome place to fish and um we'd have the maps out and everything and uh he'd look at me and he go well you want to drop a line and i go eh and he goes all right let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, and it was hilarious because we we both had this uh we both, that, that's one thing we both shared is a sense of adventure. You know, we, we just, I'd, I'd rather be on the road looking for these spots than actually being at these spots. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, uh, I feel like, um, I want to show a lot of people these things and most people don't care. They're just like, <laughs> um, well, I've never caught a fish there, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it's pretty neat, uh, just to be in, in the back roads and, and his, you know, his, his mind when it comes to things like that. Uh, to driving is was like a sponge. I mean, he remembered everything. Yeah. Did and he tell you about the hubcap lady? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, I'm. <laughs> if you drive up the three ninety five, no. I, yeah. I just. I remember hearing that story and, and all the way back. Like, what the hub? The hubcap lady. Yeah. Like, what does that? What does that mean? Well, she used to collect uh, all the hubcaps that would fall yeah. off on the road and then sell them back to the people <laughs> as they came back home. And I'm like, really? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that's crazy. Yeah, it, you know, it, like he had all these like really unique stories. Yes, he um he had a almost every landmark on the way up there. He had a little something to say about. Um, yeah, you know, it, and that's well, kinda, and even at certain mile markers too. Yeah, like where I wouldn't have recognized it from ten miles up the road. You know, and you're sitting there and you just like 
okay, well, like what happened? Oh, well, I came around this turn one time and there was a guy broke down yeah. and we stopped and I uh, gave him some water and, you know, like whatever it was. We got to talking. We found out we worked together. And, you know, like. Yeah. And, just, and <laughs> that's why the, like the Eastern Sierras, that whole area is just so, so important to me because there's so much family history there. Yeah. Uh, so many stories that I know. And it's really exciting now that we're uh, that we're hunting and kind of like getting in those mountains again for something different. Yeah. Um, other than than fishing, because it's like more discovery. You know. Well, and what's it's cr- cool? What's crazy is like growing up, right? So we used to go up there. There was a time we went up camping in Mammoth, and so we before I tell that story, we used to go up, and for us it was always Convict Lake, Mammoth. Um, you know, and then uh, with Nicole's family, I did a lot in Bridgeport, you know, because they love the Twin Lakes and everything else. Yes. And so I always kind of knew the, 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 I guess, middle to northern part of the eastern Sierras. And I didn't know a whole lot about, you know, like Independence and, and uh, like the Indian Wells Canyon area and a lot of the, the southern parts. Uh-huh. And um, Papa Teddy knew the whole thing. Yeah. But, and so as we started hunting... I started realizing, oh my gosh, he knows like this whole area that we're good. Like you yeah. tell him where we went and he, oh yeah, I drove a truck through there one time doing this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And so that was pretty cool. But anyways, the reason why I knew Mammoth so well is because we always used to go camping and, um, you know, in like uh, Mammoth and, and Convict Lake. We spent a lot of time in the cabins up at Convict Lake and, and that was always so much fun. One time when we were there, um, it was grandma and grandpa, a couple of our um, cousins and aunt and uncle and uh, and then my family and uh, there were some deer hunters that were uh, in the camp next to us and you know we were having a fun time around the campfire and everything and um, uh, I just remember going to bed and then um, hearing my dad wake up in the middle of the night and, and they were you know him and my mom were talking and something and uh, I knew something wasn't right because um, then I could hear, you know, like my uh, one of my uncles talking and then um, Papa Teddy kind of talking and, and I just they told us to kind of just stay down and everything. And um, then I realized what it was. They, the hunters had left um, some of the carcass or the meat out. Um, I think it was like the leftover, the skin or something like that of the deer. And uh, and a, a mama bear and her two cubs had gotten some of the meat and yep. then they treated they treat them because they came out and everything. And so then it was like, okay, the mama bear is going to be do now? <laughs> very, very protective of her cubs. And it was like, what are we going to do now? I was so young. I don't remember how it all, I mean, obviously it, no one was hurt and everything was fine, but, um, I just remember sitting there going like, oh man, there's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I've gotten older, I've camped like where bears have literally like walked right by my tent and it's like, oh, it's a bear. But it, you know, part of it though, too, is like I said, it was the kind of the fearlessness of, of both my dad and Papa Teddy and, and my uncle at the time. And they were just so like calm yeah. about everything. Like, it's okay. Like, just it's let it just do its thing. And you know, it's more afraid of you than you are of it. I remember as a kid thinking, yeah, okay. But like, I'm really I'm, scared of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super scared. I don't think you understand just how scared I am. Um, you know, yeah, but, you know, it's funny because I have a similar story um, in Mammoth yeah. at uh, Lake Mary. Um, I was fishing with my grandfather. And it was actually all my family. Um, and I was already older, probably in my 20s. And um, probably one of the last times I went with Papa Teddy to Mammoth. Um, and uh, we were all sitting there on the shore, and he had caught a pretty good-sized fish. Yeah. Um, had it on the stringer. Everybody was fishing. And I look over, and probably about 20 yards from me, I see a bear uh, kind of just 
you know, uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen a black bear in the wild, but they have this like really lazy way of walking. Yeah. Where they kind of like just like move around. Ambling along. Yeah. And so I, I see it and I didn't want to spark any panic. So they always made fun of me for this <laughs> till this day. Uh, I, I, I go to my dad and I go, hey, dad, there's a bear right there. Yeah. And uh, so my dad didn't believe me, obviously, because I was so calm. Yeah. And uh, he looks over and he goes, whoa, there's a bear right there. <laughs> and now it's about 15 yards. And, yeah. you know, so we all kind of, everybody kind of freaks out. You know, we walk up to the cars and uh, the bear sniffs around and finds that fish. Yeah. And boy, Papa Teddy was not happy with that. <laughs> he liked that fish. He wanted that fish. <laughs> it was a pretty good size one. And that bear lit, just uh, put its paw on the stringer. Uh, put the fish in his mouth, ripped it right off the stringer, ate it, <laughs> left it there, and took off. And <laughs> uh, it, it was, uh, it was actually he didn't take off. He started sniffing around and and got my sister's backpack. Oh no! And we always laugh because my sister uh, threw a uh, water bottle at the bear, <laughs> all mad because she had something in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was pretty crazy, but. You know that that's all that that bear knows. That bear's done that trip a couple of times where he oh, goes yeah. and finds a stringer and especially if he knows how to fish. rip it right off the stringer. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a professional. He's right gonna there. eat your fish and he's gonna take off and yeah. he's gonna go on about his day. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's like Mary tax. That's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to pay some Sierra tax. Yeah, right but uh, Papa Teddy was not not happy with that bear. He, <laughs> I believe he, it. He was. I could see him. He was so annoyed. Oh, I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, um, you know. <sighs> Stories like that are, are awesome. Yeah. I wonder if there were any other times that he was ever annoyed. <laughs> uh, well, does, it have, does it have anything to do with fishing, maybe? <laughs> Possibly. Like lures and a 410 shotgun oh, or something. Oh, man. So you'd make me tell this story? <laughs> well, I figure it might be well, a good actually, one. Actually, it, it, it is a good one because it's, it's both of our dads. It's both of our dads, together. yeah. Together. So uh, when, when my dad and Ryan's dad were young... Um, you know, growing up in whenever they grew up, 70s or whatever, you know, seems ancient <laughs> to me. But yeah, um, uh, they, uh, I, don't, I don't even know where they were, but I just know they, they <laughs> went to a lake uh, and uh, they had a 410 shotgun with them and uh, a whole box of my Papa Teddy's lures. From what I heard, they were brand new lures, too. Um, I would imagine. I mean, <laughs> um, if you've ever went fishing with my Papa Teddy, you, you know he had a lot of gear. Um, and that will lead into another story after this, but, um, he, uh, my dad and, and my uncle decided as they were casting, somebody thought that it would be funny to take a shot at the lure, uh, <laughs> as it was in the air. Um, well, the lure, either they hit the lure or they hit the line and, uh, you know, it went missing and they thought it was the most hilarious thing as, <laughs> This is pretty funny. <laughs> As and, and I don't want to call them kids because I think they were like in their late teens or early twenties at the time. <laughs> uh, they can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah. So they thought that was pretty hilarious, and they decided to do that for the majority of the lures that were in the tackle box. And I, I always ask my dad this. I don't know if you've asked your dad this, but uh, I go, "What were you thinking? You know, why would you think that that would be okay?" And how did you think that, uh, did you think that Papa Teddy was not going to, to see that, uh, you know, three quarters of his lures were missing? And my dad always just says, I hadn't think about it at the time. Yeah. I've, I have not asked my dad. That's something maybe we should ask him together. Yeah. Well, um, needless to say, Papa Teddy was livid when they got home. 
And yeah, that just it's just one of those things that I, uh, I know, love that story. Yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, it makes me laugh. Um, just be, because me, you know, I'm I'm a little more scared. I'm not as bold, you know, getting in trouble. So I, I just I don't see how you logically get there where you're like, okay, well, let's go shoot let's go shoot another lure. Let's shoot another lure. I'd be freaking out if they shot the first one and go, oh man, he's gonna get mad at us. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's a, that's a funny one. Um, but the other story that I wanted to bring up too, uh, and it reminded me of it when you talk about uh, a lot of gear um, and fishing in the Sierras. Um, you know, like Ryan had mentioned, he was too young, so he ne- didn't really see this side. But when you go to my with my grandpa to the Sierras and you're on the man trip. Uh, it's different. It's a little more competitive. And he, he was the uh, patriarch of the family, and he was always well-respected by everybody, friends, family, everything. Right. And um, he had a taco box that had about everything in it, mm-hmm. um, anything you could imagine. And uh, if you caught a fish, the first question that you would get asked is, hey, what are you using? Yeah. <laughs> and you tell him, and he'd dip into his taco box and, uh, you know, see if he had it. And if you caught another fish, you keep that in mind. And then next thing you know, when you're unhooking that fish, there goes Papa Teddy's line right in your spot with the same setup that you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's uh, one thing my dad always laughs at is he'd say, hey, that's my spot. And Papa Teddy would reply, that was, that was your spot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Nobody's going to tell him anything. Yeah. <laughs> He'll say, okay, I guess that was my spot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess I'll move. Um. You know, because that's just the way he was. Yeah. You know? He's so uh, respected that nobody's going to tell him to, no hey, that's yeah. my spot. You know, nope. it's like, well, too bad. Yeah. It's my spot now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I got to see both sides, you know. Uh, I got to see the uh, that side of him from the man trip, but I also got to see the grandfather side where he just wanted you to catch fish and not yeah. really care about yeah. himself. I think that was more what I grew up with. Yeah. Because by that time, he was a little older, and um, we always went with, you know, like my family and, and, uh, he and my dad were always just, you know, I always felt bad for the both of them when they go on trips with us. Cause it would be untangling lines yeah. and unhooking fish and baiting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of being a parent and everything, but I Yo, just you're going to find was, out that out pretty soon. <laughs> I am going to find that out pretty soon. Uh, yeah. But, um, I always just thought that was so funny that they'd sit there and I mean, just the two of them working like, you know, like just laborers like, all right, yeah, I got her pole untangled. I got his untangled. Let's, all right, let's get it back out there. And Oh, man, it was always fun fishing with, with them and with, with Papa Teddy. It was, it was a blast. So as we record this podcast, um, we'll put this out there. Uh, Papa Teddy's got the biggest trout of the family. So from, far. From my, what I know. However, however, I believe my dad holds claim to half of it. <laughs> Because he said that there's no way that he would have been able to get it up on the dock, up over the dock, without had, his help. Yeah, without my dad's it's help. A, a nine-pound trout that sat in Papa Teddy's freezer for I don't know how many years because, uh, yeah, he just he loved that thing. I don't think he ever wanted to cook <laughs> he it. He didn't ever want to cook it. Uh, that thing was enormous. Yes. Um, that's the biggest trout I've ever seen. I was there when they brought it home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is. <laughs> is one of my favorite things to do as he got older was rile him up um, and because that fish was caught at a private lake and I would always make fun of him and say, you know what, Papa Teddy, that, uh, that fish doesn't count because they had some scuba diver in the water uh, hooking big fish up to your pole 
I go, they, and they'd give you two little tugs when it was ready. Yeah. And uh, man, he would get so mad. Yeah. It doesn't even matter because you still have to land it and you still have to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was always a good time is uh, getting was. them riled up. I used to make fun of him for uh, quite a bit of things uh, <laughs> where he used to... Uh, he used to get riled up, but you know he got his jabs in on me plenty of times. Oh yeah, always, <laughs> always. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I mean, uh, hopefully this podcast uh, can give you guys an idea of what a what a great man we had, you know. Yeah, and we realized with uh, you know with his passing and and uh, looking back at everything. I mean, there's just we could probably go on for hours and hours and oh, yeah. hours, but. Um, you know, that's m- more something, you know, that we'll do amongst ourselves. And uh, we've also determined, though, that there's quite a few uh, topics that we came up with that Papa Teddy taught us um, that we would love to, uh, that we would love to, you know, kind of go over with you guys, such as uh, we mentioned briefly that he was a cowboy. He did yeah. have a horse and um, chickens and a whole little, like, uh, ranch and everything. Uh-huh. And um, always wore cowboy boots and a cowboy hat or, you know, a trucker hat or baseball hat. And, uh, always had big shiny cowboy belt buckles and Western shirts and Western wear. And, um, I've definitely adopted that style, um, over the last, I would say probably three, four years. Um, and hopefully Theodore will, <laughs> will wisen up and start dressing like a true, oh, true cowboy. It's, it's slowly, uh, it's slowly infecting me It is, bit. it is. And, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to listen you know, to that cowboy music, but that's all right. That's okay. You don't got to listen to that. Um, but yeah, no, it was one of those things where, you know, we'd love to talk about, you know, how to maintain your leather gear. Um, Papa Teddy was uh, really good about caring for his things and, yeah. and he had a lot of things that lasted a very long time and, um, you know, so we'll go through a lot of those, a lot of those types of topics, uh, and, uh, and we'd love to share, um, more useful skills. I mean, these are just some great, great stories and they're useful in and of themselves in life lessons and in memories, but, uh, we'd love to share some useful skills. Yeah. With you it's, guys. it's funny because, uh, when you, you know, somebody passes away, you go through a lot of photos and, yeah. um, you know, I'm looking at pictures of Papa Teddy and, uh, and I'm thinking like, wow, how old is he? Uh. And then I look and I'm like, wow, he's probably like my age now. <laughs> right. Back then, and I go, why don't I look like a man like that? You know. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know if it's just because, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's just it's funny, but you know, you learn all your like manly skills from from him. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, th- these are just fun things that I think you know we can pass along. You know, yeah. how to yeah. clean your boots and how to, how main, to yeah, you know, how main, to sharpen a knife and yeah. you know, a lot of things like that is, yeah. uh, are things that he taught. Taught both of us. Uh, taught both of us. Taught his kids, you know. Um, so, uh, sorry to have to do this to you, Ryan, but I'm going to make you take another shot of Yukon Jack. <sighs> All right. Well, it's in celebration of Papa Teddy <laughs> and the celebration of... Uh, of fatherhood. Fatherhood, man. I'm entering a, entering a, a whole new, uh, I guess, portion of life. Or Well, forgive me if, if I don't know how to pour. Um, I think... That's about good. Yeah, that looks. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't sound too excited, man. <laughs> you you sound like uh, um, like you're not looking forward to this. It, it was rough the first time, and I'm just thinking it's probably gonna be a little worse this time. <laughs> uh, it's a little cold out here, so um, it might warm us up. Papa Teddy would say, "You just need something to warm you up." Yeah, it'll put hair on your chest. He always used to say that too. So, cheers. Cheers. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, all right, down the hatch. Down Let's the go. Hatch. <laughs>
Oh, I'm used to drinking this straight out of the bottle. Um, there's like fumes that come off of that stuff. It's crazy. Stop. <laughs> so, um, as always, you can follow us uh, smoke, at Smoke the Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that's where we are trying to be most active. And uh, like we said, previous podcast. Uh, this is our first uh, outdoor podcast with the new setup, so let us know um, what you think of the what sound. What you think of the sound quality? Uh, any tips are appreciated. We forgot the tobacco. We oh. forgot to review the tobacco. Well, um, <laughs> it's delicious. Let's it just is, put it it is delicious, um, and because um, we were talking so much, <clears throat> it's really hard to keep a pipe lit. Yeah. Um, I did a pretty decent job, and you probably heard a lot of uh, clicking and stuff like that of the lighter. Um, yeah, smoking pipes is way different than smoking a cigar. Um, I don't get nearly the same amount of uh, flavors no. from a pipe. I think it's either because I'm not packing it right and I have to burn it hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I actually packed mine pretty well this time. I don't know if you saw the amount yeah. of smoke and volume I was getting off of it. it tasted really good, but yes, it definitely uh, it definitely has a much a stronger tobacco flavor. So. Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that I I like about uh, Pipes is, is I feel like they're uh, they're they're better for the room. Yeah, uh, they you know they 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 smell better than a a, a cigar to someone that's not maybe uh, smoking a it. Smoker, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, other than that, it was good. It's, it's definitely good, and it's it's definitely uh, something that was that we did because it's Papa Teddy's thing. Yeah, uh, not necessarily our thing. Although you know, like I said, it, it it's cool to sit back with a pipe every once in a while. It is. It's just, uh, yeah, it's definitely. I'm a city boy. I prefer the the simpler uh, cigar smoking. You know, and that's okay. Like I said, Papa Teddy said that the older he got, the easier cigars got. (laughs) So that's why you got to do it on special occasions. So I couldn't think of a better better occasion. All right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, And like I said, I hope this gives you some insight on on the man that we had. Lucky to have him for 35 years. And for you, it was 28 years. 28 years. So, 28 years, man. Smoke the podcast, signing off. Take it easy.